The short game is listener-supported on Patreon. If you'd like to support the show and join us on our Discord, head to theshortgame.net or patreon.com slash theshortgame. The Short Game. This is a show about short video games, games that respect your time. I am Reagan Kelly, and I am joined this week by a ghoulish crew of creepy Londoners. Good day, mate. <laughs> that's, that's really good. That's Australian, Shane. <laughs> Hello, Gov. <laughs> there we go. There you go. And I'm Lauren Ash, and I was not stolen by bats. Uh, and I'm Shane and, Kelly. And uh, this week we are talking about uh, Fail Better Games, Mask of the Rose. So we've talked about Fail Better a number of times on this show, despite never having covered any of their games. Mostly because, I mean, let's be honest, Laura is uh, a super fan of their incredibly long-running Fallen London browser game. I've just played it off and on for 10 years, is all. Yeah, no, no big deal. You just happen to have played this thing for 10 years. And the, the thing still running at 10 years is an incredible, incredible thing. So um, this was a game I was very excited to check out because uh, Fail Better after the, you know, runaway 10 year success of their browser game uh, has a, a big fan base for the world of that browser game, also known as Fallen London, um, and has built several games this is i think the third you know non-browser game game you know that that is set in the fallen london world uh that they've been involved in the first two were sunless sea and sunless skies and um i've always been very very eager to play a game set in this world but the idea of jumping into a 10 year old like browser idle game never uh never appealed to me i just never really sort of found an in with that after although i've had poked around in it a little bit and um, Sunless Sea and Sunless Sky is both intriguing in their setting, but their gameplay never really struck me as something I was super eager to try. And their uh, and they didn't seem like short game games, right? But then Fail Better announced that they're making a dating sim, and I'm like, "You're what?" And it's set in fall. You're it's set in fallen London, a fallen London dating sim. I was over the moon. I was very excited to play this thing. Um, I've, I've had a bit of a mixed reaction to it. Um, but I think it's still a very interesting game and it's the first time I've really been able to immerse myself in this world. So I was, I was very glad to get a chance to like learn a lot more about this weird thing that Laura has been telling me about for roughly a decade. So Laura, could you explain a little bit about Fallen London? Sure. Um, the idea is that, um, I, I won't explain the why behind the lore. I will try to just explain what happened. And that is that London fell down into the ground. It is uh, not the first time this has happened to a city, but it is the most recent. And Victorian London, uh, Queen Victoria's London specifically, um, or in this, the Empress, um, has recently fallen like you are a person who was above ground and is now below ground um and you are trying to learn the rules of what it is like down here now um the streets Beneath. move there are so many bats um <laughs> animals start talking um what is that tentacle there's a lot of weird stuff that is happening um and also an important thing about fallen london is the rules have changed and you are learning what the new rules are for society, and maybe you'll shape them. So that is the promise of this. It is a prequel to the browser game, which is London has comfortably settled, and it is perpetually 1899 in that game. Um, last year, the year before, it was going to change to 1900, and then Empress Victoria just like ran in and was like, the calendar is reset. We're going back to the beginning, y'all. Um, because we don't know. Something bad happens when the calendar changes to 1900. So we've just avoided it. I think they thought they'd never get there. But that's the kind of world you're in. Where like the calendar turning to 1900 might cause strange things to happen in the environment. Um, but you're way back at the beginning. You still don't know why there are so many bats. 
Yeah, this is a this is set at a time when you know we're still everyone you're playing as is someone who's like very presently remembers when London fell, and it's this like incredibly weird traumatic experience. And it um, recounts it right at the beginning of the game, um, mm-hmm. and uh, I thought very evocative language. I love one of the things I really love about this is that it, it continues to come back to that incredibly crazy traumatic moment of the fall. Um, in the main, you have a sort of a um, you know you have your apartment and which is sort of a menu where you're choosing daily tasks to go out and do. And uh, one of the tasks that you can choose uh, basically every in-game day is to remember something about the fall. Um, and you get these very cool bits of writing and you know a little bit of art uh, showing you the the strange moments after this cataclysm. Even at the very beginning when you choose your name and you're choosing how you want to be addressed, um, your confirmation message you can choose, that's how I was addressed even before London fell. I'm a different person down here than I was above or down here. I'm finally able to use the name that always fit me. So you see this like teetering. This is new. Yeah. Everything is, is teetering. That's a good way of putting it. Like um, it, people are going by strange names. Um, they're uh, people are, are, are adopting new, uh, new personas, new lifestyles down here. And it seems like there's a sort of a, like a general understanding that like all the rules have changed down here, not just the rules of like, do animals talk, but also the rules of society and how people relate to each other. And what is sane or insane? That is a big one. Um, everything is crazy down here. And it's just a st- it's just a really interesting, like, it's interesting to see that, like, happening in real time. Um, the thing that always sort of struck me as as uh, as neat about Fallen London was, like, it's, I mean, being this, like, long-running interactive fiction thing, it always sort of felt like a, a um, like, a weird forum game, like, exercise in, in like, uh, people... Um, you know, a weird sort of narrative one-upsmanship of like throwing out strange terminology and weird characters and strange situations and and everyone just collectively deciding like, yes, of course, that's how it is in Fallen London, right? Um, at least that's the impression I get from hearing about Fallen London over the years is that like it's more, there was a lot of like weird vibes without a whole lot of like exploration of like how the vibes get so weird. You know what I mean? And that's what's sort oh, of interesting about it. tantalizing. The oh. glimpse of why the vibes got so weird are the things like people will be like, the extraordinary story, the paid story for the month is really good because you get to find out about the esoteric thing you'd never know about. Like the, the, the lore bits are doled out very carefully. And I'm pretty close to an endgame player. I completed my ambition for those who know what that is. Um, and all my scores are well above 200, but like, I'm still like trying to figure out some of the mysteries of the Neath. It is parsimonious, but beloved every time you get a little bite. Yeah. And it, it's, uh, it's cool in this cause you do, you do get a lot of those little bites, but it is still sort of drip feeding you the, uh, the, it's never going to have like knowledgeable wizard who steps out of the background to explain to you everything about, you know, why things are as they are. It's much more interested in dropping weird tantalizing bits of, you know, curious lore at you um, than like explaining the, the things that it's already dropped. Um, But that's just sort of the vibe. You have to kind of be prepared for that. And I I was, I, you know, certainly I'm here for it. I'm here for like, Oh, okay. Animals talk now. Uh, okay. Uh, rats, the size of dogs. Okay. Um, there's a tentacle coming out of the hole in the basement and everyone's just like, okay, just avoid that part of the basement. Uh, no one's, no one's panicking. Everyone is in a very Victorian way, just sort of slowly coming to terms with the creeping dread of it all. Right. Yeah. Um, Shane, I'd love to hear how you vibed with Anise, since I know you also did not play this game for 10 years. I have no idea how to evaluate this game to normal people, so I'd love to hear from you. Yeah. Uh, so it is it is interesting. I have actually dabbled a little bit with um, Fallen London, uh, but it was a long time ago. The thing about Fallen London, when did when did it come out originally? When, when did we first get Fallen London? Uh, Fallen London premiered in officially in 2009, but I think it wasn't quite, it took a little bit to build up. 
for for me when i first got exposed to fall in london as a um as a game it was kind of the the height of uh the popularity of steampunk and it had a lot of associations with that for me um and uh it, so th- that's been very it's to me th- this is a bit of a sidebar but it's been very strange to see the kind of rise and fall of that as a uh as a style or or subgenre you know there was this uh there was this time where you would start to see all of these uh steampunk things i think it was kind of tied to the rise of things like the iphone where we started to get this technology that was very um opaque and uh you know incredibly powerful technology that uh that was uh kind of a black box so to speak you can't see the gears turning uh and so there was this uh i think reaction to it this fascination with technology where you do see all those gears literally turning everywhere um and so the the world of that I thought was really cool, especially, you know, uh, how it seemed like it evolved over time. But for me, the thing that's also really interesting about it is um, that I was always an interactive fiction fan. So for uh, Fail Better Games being this, they're kind of the the elder statesman of like big companies doing like profitable IF. I don't know how profitable, but one assumes they're still going to figure out a way to get people to, to pay for a long running browser based interactive fiction thing. It's, I mean, yeah. So this like who else is doing punky Victorian Gothic themed thing. Uh, Like it's a very cool, uh, it's a very cool thing. And I, I really love the fact that they've been able to make something where you can kind of run through these, this like really detailed world, with like complex storylines and like a really distinctive art style um all of that is really cool and i i have i have really felt like i've only scratched the surface on 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 what they have created um i i don't i don't know Mm -hmm. if they ever did like a role-playing game source book or something like that that's the kind of thing that i would uh (laughs) do you know if they ever had one of those like that uh they haven't but fans have created some um, because... Fans have created. I, I I feel like the fans sh- are, are probably demanding something like that from them. It, it's such a great uh, world and and some different kind of s- setting, very different setting. Something that I always sort of had a, a little bit of a hard time kind of putting my my fingers around with Fallen London is like how how serious is this versus how much of this is a joke? Because it always sort of like everything you hear about Fallen London, it always has the feel to me of like dry humor or sort of black humor and i know there's you know there's probably a little bit of both i mean this is a this is a a complicated property and everything um but going into this game i wasn't sure whether i was sort of and i I just wasn't sure whether i was supposed to be relating to this thing Mm -hmm. as um you know like like what how how funny am i supposed to find this you know what i mean and it, it was it was it does have some very funny bits and it has some bits that are not so funny and like i guess that's good right but um, I don't know. It's it, that's something that's always sort of struck me as a little hard to figure out about Fallen London. It feels like a weird big joke that also is occasionally like actually a little disturbing or strange. Um, and actually, I think it's a good fit for something like a dating sim if they're trying to make a dating sim, right? So I, I, was, I was eager to see that that tone here. Yeah, it it was strange visiting actual London after. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I looked it up and I, I joined in January 2011 and I went to London about two years ago and it was strange being like, oh, I'm here. Oh, I know what this is because there's a fake version of it in Fallen London. And I know, oh, this person, like everyone has like different names, but they're based on real characters. So it's all huh. very strange and layered. Um, but a thing I appreciate about it is that um there are horror elements like, but the tone in the browser game shifts depending on what you're doing. Like a lot of the persuasive um, stat stuff is very flirty and funny and flirtatious and druggy at times. And then the stuff where you're a spy or uh, a pugilist are very much more danger and horror oriented. So it does change tone a lot. And I was interested to know how this game would maneuver through that because, um, 
they could do a lot of different things with it. And I like there was so much potential going back to the beginning of the Neath, and it's not like we have um set uh it's not like the characters in this game are characters we have met in the browser game. They're completely new. Yeah. I, I got the I got the impression that some of them are. Um like Mr. Pages. I, Mr. Pages Mr. Pages was the one where I was like, this guy has to be from the browser game. Right? There are like there are I won't say the number of masters, although I showed them on camera for some reason to my co-hosts, who will not spoil it. But the the number of masters is unclear. You find out through the game. Mr. Pages is definitely in both worlds. Gotcha. But you don't get the option to date or flirt with Mr. Pages in the browser game, that's for sure. Darn. Um, uh, can you... Can you well, that's for describe... sure because we're already married in the other game. <laughs> Can you describe who Mr. Pages is to you? Because I have a very specific description that might be a spoiler. <laughs> okay, so like this is a uh, th- this game is set up basically like a well they they described it as a as a dating sim, but I think it's just more of straight uh, visual novel adventure game. Um, and one of the I characters think it's you almost meet... a detriment to the game that they describe as dating sim because dating do, is so slow. We have to talk about this. Yeah, yeah, it's... we'll talk mm. about that. But like, I, th- I think if they just called it a visual novel, they would be in better shape. But maybe I think they really would. Much. I think they. Yeah, it's yeah, anyway. Okay, um, Mr. Pages. Mr. Pages. Uh, one of the characters you encounter pretty early in the story is that uh, at when London fell, uh, as far as I can tell, at that point a, a massive structure appeared called mm-hmm. the Bazaar. And it has these masters of the bazaar, which are the so Laura has been telling me about this game for you know, about the browser game for years. And masters of the bazaar was a term that came up. But I thought masters of the bazaar was just like a title, just like a thing you could be or something. Right. Um, but it seems like masters of the bazaar are these creatures. They're these big flowing robes they look like a wizard with like a like a jawa face you know blacked out face with little glowing eyes glowing out of a big wizardy flowy robe um and uh everyone seems to be perfectly fine with the fact that these guys are here that they apparently aren't regular human beings as such they are something else um and they all have sort of weird vibes so um and they're they, in charge now. <laughs> and they're in charge now. And why are they in charge now? No one seems completely sure, but they're running various agencies and such. They are the government now, it seems. Um, and there's, it, I, 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 I'm not really sure how it came to be that the masters of the bazaar are just like months after London fell, the de facto new, new, you know, rulers. Uh, Victoria is shut up in her uh, in her castle and isn't coming out. And uh, the shutter palace. Yeah. Parliament fell into the Thames. Um, so I guess they're just in the power vacuum. But uh, yeah, you're you're interacting a lot with Mr. Pages. He's this weird entity, I guess, who is trying to run the census. And the most important thing he wants you to find out is who in town is in love. He wants the goss. <laughs> It's very strange, this um, dark creature who wants to know about everybody's romance. Mm-hmm. One of the early things you find in the browser game is that touching love stories is a very like lud- um, lucrative currency. Um, yeah, they, the masters are very into love stories, specifically Mr. Page is, and you don't know why. But your roommate is like, hey, you need money. Come collect census pages. Um, my boss is right here. Um, and you can decide... If you want to investigate a relationship between the two of them or Mr. Pages, like you can, you can basically friend or romance anyone in this game. Um, and that's how it starts though, is, is go talk to people around town, taking the census and be nosy. Yeah. It's strange. So let's talk about the structure a little bit because mm-hmm. it's, you know, the game positions itself as a dating sim set in the world of fallen London, which I was expecting um, a more conventionally dating simmy kind of structure uh, based on that. Um, but it, it has something that's, I think, a bit different. Um, it's uh, it, it's definitely not doing the standard dating sim thing of like, well, here's the here's your potential dating candidates. Why don't you, you know, bring them gifts or te- you know talk to them a hundred times and then you know ask them out or whatever. It's it's got a little bit more of I would. I feel like in in a lot of ways it feels more like a um, there's a there's a central mystery like obviously there's the mystery of like what the hell happened here but there's there's the mystery of you know one of your uh, one of your roommates uh, potential romance partner 
um, gets arrested, and so you're working to solve a crime. Um, you meet a lot of strange characters, uh, and many of whom are romanceable in a sense, but they all also sort of have their own plot lines that you can pursue and try to try to chase down, like what's going on with this character. Or, or um, at no point did this feel like a dating sim to me. Like this, maybe yeah. um, it, it, it's hard to it's hard to put my finger a hundred percent on why, but like part of a game being a dating sim to me is that it has to have characters in it that make my heart go pitter pat a little, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Um, and like, I don't know what I was expecting in fallen London, but, uh, I didn't get any of that. <laughs> this is, Here, this is, they will grow to make your heart go pitter pat, but you have to opt in and you have to flirt with them enough that they flirt back. Like, it's like you have to grow into the pitter pat versus yeah. the, like the dashing gentleman who comes in with a swooped hair and is like, hello, Look at my muscles. Like there's yeah, none of this is that. not a dream daddy where we're like every no. single character is like on the face of it, adorable in some particular way. Mm-hmm. Um, there in aren't fact, tropes. Yeah, there's there's very little in the way of tropes here, and in fact, almost every character is is extremely off putting at first, which I suppose is very true to the setting. Um, but yeah, you really have to dig with some of these characters in order to kind of uh, uh, get into a. Except with Archie, man, that guy just wears his heart on his sleeve. Oh, he's the most earnest human little soft boy I've ever met. Yeah. Um, So kind of strange in that way. Not at all a conventional um, dating sim. Um, And also kind of different from a conventional, just straight up adventure game. Like it has this sort of daily cycle uh, where you are choosing actions that you can take each day. So you can- Two a day, basically. Yeah, two, two a day. Um, unless there's like a, a major event that occurs that takes all day. And um, most of the time, what that means is, you know, you're looking at a map of all the places that you know in London. It's hard to get around London. So one of the things you can do is, you know, learn how to get to new places. Um, and for each of those locations, you might have one or sometimes like a half a dozen different things that you can opt into doing there. And it could be something as simple as, you know, go find this person and make them take a census form, you know, ask them a bunch of questions about their romance life so that you can take that back to Mr. Pages for, for, you know, a a penny. Yeah. Um, I'm mentally framing this now as a sandbox game with set time periods. Like it's a sandbox game. You can do anything and do whatever you want, but like the calendar will move forward and each playthrough is going to be different. It's a little bit, I wouldn't call it a roguelike, but like choose your own adventure literally like the game is radically different each time you play and you will probably not have a super satisfying first playthrough unless you if you're trying to do a little of everything it's kind of like dating yeah that is the one thing that's close to a dating sim to me is that if you try to date everyone a little bit you don't end up with anybody like that is true with all the stories here if you want to like pursue every story a little bit you're not going to get super satisfied by any of them yeah, and I find that a little tricky because the it does sort of have this main story that it sets you after, which I, at least seems to me is the um, the process of turning in census forms to um, to Mister Pages, and also sort of following along on Grizz's plotline. Grizz is a very appealing uh, character. She uh, she's like someone who clearly, like, with the breakdown of society, has like shifted from like what would you call her like society she was an upper crust society lady and now she wears pants and has a job yeah um and and this is something that like clearly she's like she's felt freed to change her whole vibe with the fall of london um but she's also involved with mr pages in a way that seems weird and maybe dangerous and probably ill-advised but also maybe all in on the government yeah um (laughs) It's it, she's a she's a pretty interesting plot line, and if you're if you're just just in this game to like follow the, the story from beginning to end, um, you could probably do worse than just following the plot line of what's ha- what's up, Grizz, right? Mm-hmm. Um, she's fascinating, but, but it's got a lot of characters, uh, many of whom you could totally miss, I think, in a first playthrough if you weren't really um, like you, you, they're not all just like coming to knock on your door. Sometimes you have to go and talk to like the local constable Harjit and ask him to like lead you to a new place. And then you happen to run into a character there. Um, so it, it feels like there's a lot of breadth here in terms of so many different locations and characters. And so many of them have their own stories that are pretty involved that like, I think it's almost impossible to even meet everybody in a single playthrough, let alone, 
um, like get a satisfying story conclusion for any of them. Yes. And I, I will say, I don't think it's a spoiler to say that there is in the second act, a murder. And you're like, I'm going to solve this murder. And it is very, very difficult, almost impossible to solve the murder in the first playthrough. Yeah. Um, I found that kind of frustrating to be honest. Um, yeah. I wasn't super involved in art. I don't want to, I don't want to say, well, okay. I think it's probably okay to say Archie's Archie's story. Archie's a, I, I was I was I was trying to pull oh, back yeah. because I was like I was now naming the the murder suspect right, um, but I guess whatever. Um, I, I wasn't super involved in Archie's story. I found him a little off putting, and so uh, when he went to jail, I was like, "Do I have time to care about that?" <laughs> I'm really busy hanging out with Ivy. Do I really need to care about this? Yeah, I was like, I was like, I don't know. I really want to go talk to the Devil Lady more. Like, like what's going on there? She was a rad character. There is a um, Jewish woman who's an author who's dating a devil, and she is rad. <laughs> mm-hmm. What's her name? Oh, is it Phoebe? Rachel. Or? Rachel. That's it. <laughs> They're friends, right? They're um, friends. Yes. It's a it's a it's a friends thing. Um, yeah. It, uh, so overall, I think it it's a it's got a it's got some really strong characters. One thing that I think is a little bit of a detriment is, and this is like strength and detriment. It's hard to tell which characters you're going to find interesting because mm-hmm. at least this maybe this is just a me and my vibes and reaction thing. Every single character, even the ones that I kind of liked, I didn't like very much at first. They all have this sort of exterior vibe uh, that is like off-putting, and you know, where it's fall in London, like of course they are, right? But like, it it was very hard for me on meeting a new character in this to be like, do I want to spend the time dealing with this person? Um, so. I'm sure, given the writing that I have seen, that most of them have something interesting going on that would be fun to delve into and explore. But knowing that I'm, you know, given this is the short game, I'm probably only going to spend one playthrough. Like, it was very hard for me to decide what to prioritize. And despite my best efforts, I ended up kind of doing a little bit of the, like, just just interact with everybody a tiny bit and ended up with some I thought a little a little bit unsatisfying interactions, and I still haven't finished my first playthrough because um, this it was it, it was it was difficult for me to like figure out where to spend my time, and it ended up leading to an experience that just sort of felt kind of scattered and hard to stick to. Um, I went real hard on side quests because I was like I I don't know I, I decided I was like I'm just gonna do all the little side things and like man man the central plot just flew past and it was fine actually i i was i was busy like hearing siren calls and going into another depth and talking to tentacle monsters and doing all I, this other i stuff. loved that stuff i did i did bumble my way into some of that the, the the whole like exploring the whole additional layer to the city um mm-hmm. i was very excited to discover that was a possibility in this game very cool yeah, and, and I just kept doing that kind of stuff, and and that's what I was really enjoying, and I, I leaned into it. I think I had pressure on myself, especially since we had a pre-release copy, to like try to accurately solve the murder, since I knew it was going to play a lot, and I played through twice, and I found some stuff that worked, but like I don't think I like solved it the correct way necessarily. It but, does seem there's um, quite a lot of different ways to potentially defend Archie, and I think there that's are ways good. around it. Yes, I'm not sure what's the like what what's the like you know, quick and easy way. Cause I would, I would have liked to do that and just spend less time on that and do more on some of those side quests and other, other things. Absolutely. And I was doing other stuff. Like I decided at some point I really wanted to pay back my landlady cause I liked her. I was like, she needs, I was like, I owe her back rent and I feel bad. I'm going to go talk to more people in the census. Cause I want to meet characters. I don't think there's a wrong way to play this game, but I think going in thinking it was a dating sim and going in thinking it was a murder mystery made me think, I needed to find a one true love and I needed to find the murderer. And I had more fun with the game when I abandoned those two things and just hung. So I think this game, it has really good writing and I think pretty cool looking art. Mm-hmm. I um, liked it a lot. Yeah, I think if I had to complain about one thing and I think a lot of the um, the reviews that have come out 
uh, you know, since the release of the game sort of agree is probably the place where it needs the most work is just in, in pacing. Um, it's a, and that can mean a lot of different things, you know, but in, in, in this game specifically, I think the, the issue is at least for me and, and other folks may have different responses. I'm curious to hear how you got on with it, Laura, but for me, it was, um, you know, it's broken up into these little sort of days, each, you know, little micro stories, little tiny, tiny dribs and drabs of story that happen, you know, that you're, you're choosing and opting into for, you know, two of these uh, per in-game day. Um, but it feels like there's a lot of them to choose from. And, uh, you know, even just being able to, like, keep up with one story feels like you're barely able to fit it all in. Uh, in mm-hmm. the course of so the game has these different how many days I think you know there's the the first season the season of confessions and then there's the season of Yule um, and then the season else. of love yes okay um, and each of these seasons I think it was only like eight in game days or something like it that was like it was, it was surprisingly yeah. short um, and so it didn't feel like you were able to like fully explore anything. It, and it felt like if you even slightly diverted to check something out, um, then you were you were missing out on a lot of opportunity. Um, just just, you know, just trying to find out like, oh, hey, what is this other plot line? You'd be potentially missing out on on crucial stuff in whatever the main plot line you were following was. Um, and I, I think that's a, a, a challenge or problem or at least, I you know, um, criticism that they took immediately to heart because uh, even just last night, I, I, an update dropped to the game that lengthened the first two seasons of the game by by double the amount of days, um, which is uh, a lot. Like that's a really big difference in terms of the. And I haven't played enough with that update to really know, like, okay, how does this truly affect the pacing? But it does sort of seem like that's the main dial they can turn uh, in terms of of uh, of pacing. I mean, it um, just dialed down the difficulty quote unquote so much because I feel like you had to um on my second playthrough you have to like focus on one thing at a time to finish it and I wanted to really mm-hmm. have a like finished playthrough to to review and I feel like by having double the days like I had to be very sure something was related to what I was currently doing mm-hmm. and that was a pressure I didn't like and so I'm what I wanted to do is explore. And so I'm excited with double the days to kind of like talk to someone who I know may help me, but I'm not sure. Like that feels like something like that uncertainty. It, that doesn't feel like as big of a risk with twice as many days. Yeah. They um, also made a couple of other small changes that I think are are definitely positive. Um, the main one that I remember from the, from the update notes was that and we haven't talked yet at all about the story crafting um, interface, which I think is quite cool and worth chatting about a little bit. But there's a an, ele- an element in the game where uh, as part of mystery solving and a few other elements in the game, you have to come up with stories that or kind of like theories by piecing together different elements like character names or or um, or story fragments and sort of piece them together Um and um, one of the things that you will do, especially in terms of like trying to solve the mystery around like Archie's arrest is uh, you'll take those to the constable and have him check them out, um, you know, bounce, bounce your story ideas off of him. And previously that was like an entire in-game day action, like not a whole day, but like a half day, one of the mm-hmm. just equivalent to any other action you would take in the game. And now those are a free action, which I think is a really sensible change. That's the kind of thing that I, I think, you know, that's definitely something I think makes a lot of sense, but um, I don't know. What do you think about the? Uh, how, what did you think of the the story crafting element? It, for me, I, when I first when I first tried that out, I thought it was. I didn't realize it was something that was directly related to like advancing the mystery. Mm-hmm. Um, I I kind of just thought of thought it was like, you know, oh cool, a little, little like engine for building stories. Like the cool. Um, I didn't really kind of like see how that fit together until honestly kind of a little too late. Um, but how did, how did that work out for you? I think occasionally, occasionally I got frustrated when I was trying the first time to like really try to solve the murder because I didn't have the the words that Mm. I needed and I needed to talk to more people. Um, I think once I realized that it is like, it is your springboard and you get all the pieces together, um, and you should play with it, but maybe not too much. Like, I, I think I had to learn how to use it over time. Um, I, wish I could be doing this review after I played through with the pace changes, because I think had I met everybody in a nice, luxurious 
year one or season one and then started using my story crafting, I would have had a lot more words and a lot more flexibility um, for stuff um, because I, I kept wanting to put a word in that I didn't have. And hmm. then I would go talk to someone and get the word. Like you go collect them as you go around. So I feel like the story crafting will be more satisfying with the pacing updates. I feel like they're very interconnected. Mm-hmm. Um, I feel like I, we've played the version that was available at launch, but yeah. because the pacing changes have been made so soon, it almost feels like we played an early access version. A little bit. Yeah. And I, I wonder like, you know, if this, if, I wonder if that is enough to change most people's, um, uh, you know, first impression of the game because it did, you know, it's sitting right now on steam with a sort of a mixed, uh, you know, reviews, a lot of those, uh, you know, are there, if you look at, I, I didn't go mm-hmm. and read every review, but even if you just look at like steam user reviews, a lot of longtime fallen London enjoyers finding themselves bouncing off of this for what they said were pacing reasons. Um, and so I, I hope this will, you know, improve that because I do think there's a lot here that will, um, and I, I already can kind of see that like, that's, that's going to improve the, the the vibe of it. I do wonder if it's going to make it less of a short game. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. How long, how long did each of your two playthroughs take you? Um, it took a while. Um, I don't remember my timer. Um, but they took several hours. Mm -hmm. Um, like how long you, you said you played four and you got like three fourths way through. Yeah. I think they took like five a piece. I think actually, I, I don't Five, even think six, I was quite maybe? three quarters of the way through. I played this game for about four hours. Mm-hmm. Um, and that was over the course of several nights because I can barely keep my eyes open these days because of babies. Um, but well, I, yeah, I think I probably played like 10 hours. And that's probably because I did two. But I also was reading like every story, like yeah. every time I could look at the fall I was and I was doing. I suspect time. a full playthrough of this would have taken me closer to six or maybe even eight hours. And mm-hmm. given that, like thinking of the fact that it could double the length of the first two chapters, like we're pushing into territory where maybe a full playthrough might be close to close to our cap for some people. Um, yeah. So I, I think that's it's. I think it's a, a badly needed change, but I also I, I worry if it's going to like they are skirting a line between having enough time to be able to engage with the game in a way that feels satisfying and potentially dragging. Yeah, um, it, it, it felt like a repeatable game that was a little too tight. And yeah. now I'm like, oh, now is it how repeatable is it? Yeah. Um, so it, it's interesting, though. Like, I, I think it's a it's a positive change and they're clearly like. Work, you know, working these, turning the dials they can to improve things, and I hope that it works because the the um, the meat of the game, which is the writing, is really strong and interesting, and this and it's it's finally a way to interact with this setting in a format that makes sense to me for the kinds of games that I enjoy. So that's very exciting, um, and so I'm looking forward to playing more of it. But I uh, I do think it's like it it uh, the, the the pacing situation needed some work. I hope that they've hit the right balance. I don't know for sure. Yeah. And I anticipate that the doubling might not actually double the time because I think you will be doing, have time for some of the shorter interactions. That's true. Yeah. Like, because I think those are the things that I was leaving on the curb or the short, go talk to this person, do a quick census, like the little interactions. I feel like that still take up half of a day in game time were the ones I was consciously skipping at the expense of plot. That's a really good point. The the census stuff, which felt at, like from the introduction of the game, like the way the, the way the game introduces the plot to you, it feels like, you know, taking censuses from characters is meant to be this very important thing. But it became really obvious early on that like if I went and did a census with every character, I was going to run out of time mm-hmm. for other things very fast. Um, and so I quit doing censuses in the first uh, season. I was just I just decided, you know what, I'm if I have to meet characters, I'll meet them. Uh, I'm not going to do this like hounding people for their census stuff because it just felt like a way to earn a penny per character. And I, I mean, you I know a, a penny is a lot more money in the dirt. Victorian era. <laughs> you get an extra but, penny if they, yeah. they give you some juice. Yeah. Um, but like, I don't know. I was like, well, well, what do I spend my pennies on? And it, actually, I didn't realize that you could do anything but spend the pennies on um, on rent uh, until way later. I think it was like towards the end of act two, maybe. I don't know. You can go um, shopping. 
yeah, you can go shopping. Um, and, and yeah, there's there's other systems that, by the way, we haven't discussed. Like there's so the, many systems. Yeah, there's the um, we talked about the the story crafting system, which is pretty in depth. There's the uh, there's the clothing system where you can shop for additional clothing and disguises. And they will affect the way that various characters will interact with you. And give um, you new dialogue choices, which are yeah. super fun. Like I wore a very wild um, hat at some point and I would get special, like weird dialogue choices I could choose. Mm. Sometimes I, I couldn't a, uh, say normal things because I was wearing a weird hat. Yeah, that's another element is every time you go out, it lets you choose what you're going to wear and it will affect how the characters see you. And you can, you know, you can decide, well, do I want to walk into this wearing the, like the ministry badge and have it be seen as an official interaction? Or do I want to take that off and have it be seen as casual? But there's other stuff like, like I got a weird wig so I could get, you know, go places in disguise. I got an admiral's hat so that uh, people would think I was an important, I don't know, military guy, (laughs) naval dude. Um, And, you know, stuff like that, that was really, really cool and sort of unlocked some additional options and and a whole additional dialogue in some cases that was yeah. really cool and oddly enough like you can just even ask people like hey do you need anything and then they will just be like yes here's a side quest <laughs> i was like why this game is so big but i'm on a small timer so I'm, I'm excited about the pace opening up so i could do more of that stuff yeah i i don't know what the like word count is here but like it's it's got a lot of potential stories and stuff. And I think, you know, the fall in London, you know, feel better that they're, they're the sort of what they do is this, these things with a massive amount of, of story that you can opt into. Um, but it's kind of neat to see it in this kind of game. Um, do we have any final thoughts on this? Uh, not that romantic romance game. <laughs> well, I will say that the third season um, is the debut uh, Feast of the Extraordinary Rose, um, which is a, it's the Valentine's Day event in the browser game. And it is a weird, like, it is the idea that there's a rose with like a baby in it. <laughs> it's a weird thing. Uh-huh. But like the idea that there's this like, circus thing of like a but everyone does mass balls and it's romance and everybody is exchanging gifts of love that are weird like jars of pickled teeth and ears and things like that um and they put that season's debut in this game so it's funny that in a something that is labeled a romance that they put the romance in the last chapter but there is a like season of declaring love and celebrating love um, in the last chapter, it is strange to come after a murder, but like, just know there is some in this game. Um, that's good to know. I didn't get too much of that at all. And that's, yeah. that's on me, but also like, um, you know, I had the time to spend with this that I had. Um, oh, it, it, it is a pacing thing. It is, it is calling something a dating sim and consciously putting the romance towards the back is a decision. Yeah, um, yeah, I just wish they'd labeled it something different. I think I would have come at this game so differently because the writing is rad. And I got so excited when Mr. Page showed up covered in iridescent ink, like as an Easter egg. I was like, oh, that's correspondent ink. I have a pot of that that took me like six years to get. And I was like, this is just for nobody, but for like there's so many things and it 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 hurts my heart a little bit that like people like me were like at risk of bouncing off cuz the pacing was off i'm i'm really hopeful there's so much good in this game it's just like harder to get to than i want it to be yeah i i um I, i'm eager to continue the game now that they've adjusted it a little bit and i'm i'm looking forward to it, it seems like they're going to continue making some tweaks but also, these are developers that are used to sticking with a game for the long haul. Mm-hmm. So, you know, oh, they made so many games. changes to Sunless Sea over time that the game is almost completely different than it was at launch. So like they maintain and change their games over time based on feedback. So I'm not as worried about some other developers, but it I think I thought because of visual small novel it would be like smaller and so like maybe in less need of tweaking, but yeah, they make ambitious games. It's an extraordinarily broad and ambitious uh, narrative um, uh, visual novel style thing. So, yeah. well, um, do we have time for what's making us happy this week? We do. 
Uh, I'll start because I have one very small thing that's making me happy. And uh, I, I already mentioned this to you, Laura, but uh, this is the, the, the joy of my day today uh, was that uh, we've had a hard time around this, this house for the last week because uh, my daughter, um, her, her you know, favored stuffed animal that she carries around with her 24-7 and has for literally her entire life, she's four, uh, is a bear named Bear. And uh, Bear is a like uh, college store gift shop kind of uh, kind of acquisition where someone uh, a friend gave her a bear with the University of Houston logo on its shirt for some reason. That's very um, distinct. Go go Cougs! And uh, and it, this bear just became her constant companion. And Bear went missing a little over a week ago, and we have been tearing our house apart trying to find Bear. So, you know, she loves Bear, uh, but it was also heartbreaking for us to see Bear missing because, you know, you see your daughter carry this bear around for years and you 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 know there's a certain sentimental attachment to the bear for for me as well and for for my wife who's oh man she was just absolutely tearing the place apart and today hallelujah i happen to be taking the trash in and went into a corner of the garage that i don't go into all that frequently and there behind the wagon and a folded stroller and underneath her bicycle uh was bear um, I have no idea why he was there, but there he was. He was on the floor of the garage in and around and behind things and uh, found him. And hallelujah, Bear has hallelujah. been returned. And so my uh, my project for the day was disassembling Bear a little bit uh, with a thread ripper and uh, implanting an air tag within him. <laughs> I'm Sorry, glad to bear. see the surgery was successful. <laughs> yes, the surgery was successful. <laughs> the patient survived. And now I could press a button on my phone and Bear's ass makes a dinging sound. And, yes. Um, that's <laughs> great. Uh, never again is. Yeah, so I'm now I'm going through my whole house thinking about what other um, sentimental toys the kids have that I need to uh, uh, just absolutely perform experimental surgery on to implant them with these devices air tags baby they're a good idea if you are the sort of person who has stuff that you lose um yeah that's what's making me happy this this week uh welcome back bear laura what's making you happy this week well i am also happy that your daughter is reunited with bear first of all let me just say very proud moment good job mm -hmm. dad um i have been oddly social this week. Um, I didn't intend to, but I think a lot of folks are visiting town. A friend Oh, was um, like, speaking. sorry, speaking of, I, I probably should have called out um, that uh, last night, another thing that was making me happy, last night uh, we had, Shane and I got together uh, with friend of the show, uh, Mark Bramhill. Um, <gasps> I'm so jealous! Yeah, yeah no. we went to we went to Lay Low, the Tiki Bar down here. So it was, uh, uh, it was a lot of tiki fun. Tiki Bar so. and Mark. Yeah. Uh, and, and his, uh, lovely girlfriend, Lana, and we just had a wonderful time. So, um, uh, hi Mark, if you're out there, yes. talk to you later. Uh, sorry, Laura, go ahead. Oh, no, no. I was just going to say that, um, I, I've been kind of invited to a lot of odd, like not things I sought out social events like, oh, I have an extra ticket to this. Um, oh, you need to go pick up, um, a book for me in my house. Also, there's a concert my boyfriend's doing like those kind of surreptitious events have been happening more and more recently, which is definitely a sign of summer. Um, but one of those things was um, my friend had an extra ticket for the live recording of Normal Gossip, um, mm, which I don't podcast. know if I've talked about this podcast before. Oh, you, you definitely have recommended it to me on this podcast before. Yes. But go ahead because um, folks might not be familiar. So for those unfamiliar, Normal Gossip is a podcast where um, they tell an anonymized friend of a friend story. Um, the anonymization is like, maybe they'll change the location, the industry someone's in, just lightly changing it. Um, I will say if you are anxious about people making bad decisions, um, that's the podcast is people making bad decisions. But what makes it brilliant, in my opinion, is the host tells the story to someone else who is just as anxious as you are and asking questions. Um, specifically, what made me happy is that um, the live episode 
uh, ended with people texting in the audience secrets to the producer who read anonymized secrets from the audience members up there Mm -hmm. and then walking out and having everybody trying to figure out like who is the one whose dachshund ate the pumpkin cheesecake like who is the person whose grandma has a secret second family and everyone just like the paranoia of a large group of people leaving and trying to figure out like who did it who who has the secrets was one of the funniest things um just a really funny lobby of of people like actively seeking out the source of the gossip um normal gossip is usually making me happy but this specific um odd group dynamic of a bunch of people who don't know each other made me over the moon ecstatic um <laughs> it's a very awesome. specific thing but hey. um Perfect. It was a good time. Well, thank you listeners so much for joining us on this episode of The Short Game. You may have very well noticed that Shane hasn't been talking much. Uh, This is a cursed technical podcast. I dropped. Shane had a call. Like, this is bad. (laughs) Yeah. Lots of of issues in the recording of this particular episode. Hopefully, you didn't notice it too much. Hopefully. Um, But Shane was unable to rejoin us. So we'll we'll end it here. Uh, Thank you so much for joining us on this episode of the podcast. Uh, You can find all of our stuff on the web at shortgame.fm. That's a page with subscribe links for all of the various different services, links to all the different things, things like our uh, our show notes page, our uh, our Patreon, patreon Mm patreon.com slash the short game, which is where you can subscribe to the show uh, at even just a dollar a month. I haven't changed the tiers yet. I I haven't had a time. Uh, So you still have time if you're if we're about to uh, change our tier listing around a little bit and that will mean that the the lowest price tier will be going up a little bit if you're an existing patron uh nothing will change for you unless you choose to change it Um, but for new patrons uh it'll go up from that one dollar tier to something that will be announced soon so um if you're really dying to get in at the one dollar level uh you absolutely can still do that if you're hearing my voice and haven't and it's within a reasonable amount of time which is before i get around to it um Let's see. Um, and all of our patrons at any level get access to our Discord. Our Discord community is a great place to come and chat about games. Uh, one of my favorite things about our Discord is after a uh, after a, a big industry event like the Summer Games Fest or or the Xbox Showcase or any of these, uh, we get our wonderful patrons coming in to the Discord to uh, discuss what from that looks like maybe it is short. And that is a service that they provide to me and they and, and they pay me to provide it and this is i don't know how i lucked into this into this bizarre arrangement but thank you to our listeners who help me stay up to date and and it's a great conversation whenever those sorts of events are going on Um, but also it's a great place to come if you just want to tell us what your favorite short game is or or you know chat with us about whatever else is going on so thank you so much to our patrons and uh and if you're thinking about becoming a patron thank you uh, as well um and let's see, you can find me on uh, Mastodon. I'm at Reagan, R-A-Y-G-A-N, at bird.rodeo. Uh, and Laura, where can people find you? You can also find me on Mastodon at uh, Laura J. Nash at bird.rodeo. But if you are a fallen London friend and looking for me, I am just Laura Space Nash because I made it in 20... No. 2011 and (laughs) i didn't think that was a thing and now i'm afraid to change it so it's just my name and everybody else is like cyril or like the loveliest woman of darkness and i'm just laura nash on fall london um love it (laughs) enjoy well and again thank you so much listeners for joining us on this episode of the short game